Section 18 of The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt by Theophile Gautier. Translated by F. C. de Sumacrost. Section 18. Chapter 14. When Rahel awoke she was amazed not to find Tahoser by her side, and cast her glance around the room, thinking the Egyptian had already risen. Crouching in a corner, her arms crossed on her knees, her head upon her arms, which formed a bony pillow, Tamar slept, or rather pretended to sleep, for through the long locks of her disordered hair which fell to the ground might have been seen her eyes as yellow as those of an owl, gleaming with malicious joy and satisfied wickedness. Tamar, cried Rahel, what has become of Tahoser? The old woman, as if startled into wakefulness by the voice of her mistress, slowly uncoiled her spider-like limbs, rose to her feet, rubbed several times her brown eyelids, with the back of her left hand, yellower than that of a mummy, and said with a well-assumed air of astonishment, Is she not there? no replied rahel and did i not yet see her place hollowed out on the bed by the side of my own and hanging on that peg the gown which she threw off i could not believe that the strange events of the past night were but an illusion and a dream though she was perfectly well aware of the manner of tahoser's disappearance tamar raised a piece of the drapery stretched in the corner of the room as if the egyptian might have been concealed behind it she opened the door of the hut and standing on the threshold minutely explored the neighborhood with her glance then turning towards the interior she signed negatively to her mistress it is strange said rahel thoughtfully mistress said the old woman drawing near the israelite with a gentle petting tone you know that i dislike the foreign woman you dislike every one tamar replied rahel smiling except you mistress answered the old woman placing to her lips one of the young women's hands i know it you are devoted to me i never had any children and sometimes i fancy that i am your mother good tamar said rahel moved was i wrong continued tamar to consider her appearance so strange her disappearance explains it she said she was tahoser the daughter of petamunoth she was nothing but a fiend which took that form to seduce and tempt a child of Israel. Did you see how troubled she was when Poeri spoke against the idols of wood, stone, and metal, and how difficult it was for her to say, I will try to believe in your God? It seemed as though the words burnt her lips like hot coals. The tears which fell upon my breast were genuine tears, a woman's tears, said Rahel. Crocodiles weep when they want, and hyenas laugh to attract their prey, continued the old woman. The evil spirits which prowl at night in the stones and ruins know many a trick and play every part. So, according to you, poor Tahoser was nothing but a phantom raised up by hell? Unquestionably, replied Tamar. Is it likely that the daughter of the priest Petamunoth would have fallen in love with Poeri and preferred him to the pharaoh? who, it is said, loves her? Rahel, who did not admit that anyone in the world was superior to Poeri, did not think this unlikely. If she loved him as much as she said she did, why did she run off when, with your consent, he accepted her as his second wife? 
it was the condition that she must renounce the false gods and adore jehovah which put to flight that devil in disguise in any case the devil had a very sweet voice and very tender eyes at bottom rahel was perhaps not greatly dissatisfied with the disappearance of tahoser she thus kept wholly to herself the heart which she had been willing to share and yet she had the merit of the sacrifice she had made under pretext of going to the market tamar went out and started for the king's palace her cupidity not having allowed her to forget his promise she had provided herself with a great bag of coarse cloth which she proposed to fill with gold when she appeared at the palace gate the soldiers did not beat her as they had done the first day she enjoyed the king's favor and the officer of the guard made her enter at once timoft brought her to the pharaoh when he perceived the vile old hag crawling towards his throne like a crushed insect the king remembered his promise and gave orders to open one of the granite chambers of the treasury and to allow her to take as much gold as she could carry away timoft whom pharaoh trusted and who knew the secret of the lock opened the stone gate the vast mass of gold sparkled in the sunbeams but the brilliancy of the metal was no brighter than the glance of the old woman her eyes turned yellow and flashed strangely after a few moments of dazzled contemplation she pulled up the sleeves of her patched tunic and bared her withered arms on which the muscles stood out like cords and which were deeply wrinkled above the elbow then she opened and closed her curved fingers like the talons of a griffin and sprang at the mass of golden bars with fierce and bestial avidity she plunged her arms amid the ingots moved them stirred them around rolled them over threw them up her lips trembled her nostrils swelled and down her spine ran convulsive tremors intoxicated mad shaken by trepidation and spasmodic laughter she cast handfuls of gold into her bag saying more 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 so that soon it was full up to the mouth timoft amused at the sight let her have her way not dreaming that such a skinny spectre could move so enormous a weight but tamar bound the mouth of her sack with a cord and to the great surprise of the egyptian lifted it on her back avarice lent to that broken-down frame unexpected strength of muscles all the nerves and fibres of the arms the neck the shoulders strained to breaking bore up under a mass of metal which would have made the most robust nahasi porter bow down her brows bent like those of an ox when the ploughshare strikes a stone tamar staggered out of the palace knocking up against the walls walking almost on all fours for every now and then she put her hands out to save herself from being crushed under her burden but at last she got out and the load of gold was her legitimate property breathless exhausted covered with sweat her back bruised and her fingers cut she sat down at the palace gate upon her beloved sack and never did any seat appear to her so soft after a short time she perceived a couple of israelites passing by with a litter on which they had been bearing a burden she called them and promising them a handsome reward induced them to take up the sack and to follow her the israelites preceded by tamar went down the streets of thebes reaching the waste places studded with mud huts and placed the sack in one of them tamar paid them grumblingly the promised reward meanwhile tahoser had been installed in a splendid apartment 
a regal apartment as beautiful as that of the pharaoh elegant pillars with lotus capitals upbore the starry roof framed in by a cornice of blue palm branches painted upon a golden background panels of a tender lilac color with green lines ending in flower buds showed symmetrically on the walls fine matting covered the stone slabs of the flooring sofas inlaid with plates of metal alternating with enamels and covered with black stuffs adorned with red circles armchairs with lion's feet with cushions that fell over the back stools formed of swan's necks interlaced piles of purple leather cushions filled with thistledown seats which could hold two persons tables of costly woods supported by statues of asiatic captives formed the furniture of the room on richly carved pedestals rested tall porcelain vases and great golden bowls the workmanship of which was even more precious than the material one of them with a slender base was supported by two horses heads with fringed hoods and harness the handles were formed by two lotus stalks gracefully falling over two rose ornaments on the cover were ibises with erect ears and sharp horns and on the body of the vase were represented gazelles flying from the dogs amid stalks of papyrus another no less curious had for cover a monstrous typhon head adorned with palms and grimacing between two vipers the sides were ornamented with leaves and denticulated bands one of the bowls supported by two figures wearing mitres and dressed in robes with broad borders with one hand upbearing the handle and with the other the foot amazed by its huge size and the perfection and finish of the ornamentation the other smaller and more perfect in shape perhaps spread out gracefully the slender and supple bodies of jackals whose paws rested upon the edge as if the animals sought to drink formed the handles metal mirrors framed with deformed faces as though to give the beauty who looked into them the pleasure of contrast coffers of cedar or sycamore wood painted and ornamented caskets of enameled ware flagons of alabaster onyx and glass boxes of perfumes all these testified to the magnificence that the pharaoh lavished upon tahoser the precious objects contained in that room were well worth a kingdom's ransom seated upon an ivory seat tahoser looked at the stuffs and gems shown her by nude maidens who scattered around the wealth contained in the coffers tahoser had just emerged from the bath and the aromatic oils with which she had been rubbed still further softened her delicate satin-like skin her flesh was almost translucent she was of superhuman beauty and when she gazed upon the burnished metal mirror with her eyes brightened with antimony she could not help smiling upon her reflection a full gauze robe enveloped her fair form without veiling it for sole ornamentation she wore a necklace composed of lapis lazuli hearts surrounded by crosses hanging from a string of gold and pearls the pharaoh appeared on the threshold of the hall a golden asp bound his thick hair and a calasiris the folds of which brought forward formed a point enclosed his body from the belt to the knees a single necklace encircled his unconquered muscular neck on perceiving the king tahoser rose from her seat to prostrate herself but the pharaoh came to her raised her up and made her sit down do not thus humble yourself tahoser he said in a gentle voice i will you to be my equal 
i am weary of being alone in the universe although i am mighty and possess you i shall wait until you love me as if i were but a man put away all fear be a woman with a woman's will sympathies antipathies and caprices i have never seen one but if your heart at last speaks in my favor hold out to me when i enter your room in order that i may know it the lotus flower out of your hair though he strove to prevent it tahoser threw herself at the knees of the pharaoh and let fall a tear upon his bare feet why is my soul poeries she said to herself as she resumed her place upon the ivory seat timoft putting one hand on the ground and the other on his head entered the room o king he said a mysterious personage seeks to speak to you his gray beard falls down to his waist shining horns emerge from his bare brow and his eyes shine like fire an unknown power precedes him for all the guards fall back and all the gates open before him what he says must be done and i have come to you in the midst of your pleasures even were death to be the punishment of my audacity what is his name said the king mosha replied timoth end of chapter fourteen recording by dion Gines, salt lake city utah